Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find all of the resources we have been curating for you since 2006 so you can experience more joy and pleasure and connection on your own terms in your own way at your own pace baby. (laughs) You'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. And if you are new to the show, be sure to go to pleasuremechanics.com slash free and get enrolled in our free online course so you can dive in right away. If you've been with us for a while, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash love and you'll find ways to go deeper with us yet. On today's episode, we are kicking off Mindful Sex May with an episode on Beginner's Mind, (laughs) which Beginner's Mind is an attitude uh, spirit that we are invited to bring to mindfulness and that in our discussions about mindful sex, in our mindful sex course, we really want to emphasize how valuable how rich a terrain to explore sex becomes if we can approach it with beginner's mind. I think this is one of the most like essential core teachings of mindfulness and of mindful sex as we teach it here at Pleasure Mechanics. And so I thought what better way to kick off Mindful Sex May as we approach this whole month exploring together as a community what is mindful sex? Why is it worth practicing? Um, how did we come to teach it? And so all of this month in the coming episodes, we're going to be discussing mindful sex, how we can all explore it, kind of no matter what our sexuality is or what kind of erotic encounters we're looking to experience. Um, mindful sex is really a set of attitudes and a set of practices that are available for all of us and that are really powerful and potent tools not to be overlooked in their simplicity. Yeah? Yeah, one of the things I love so much about this approach is that it really is applicable to all bodies, no matter who you have sex with, what kind of sex you're having, if that is vanilla, if that is kinky. This approach is relevant in all of these different situations, solo and partnered. And I love that. I love how it can shift and change our experience of our sexuality, even if we don't change whatever else we're already doing. I think there's something so powerful about how we can bring these practices and approaches into our bedroom and our life. Right, because unlike some of our other courses, right, we have courses on massage and on spanking and on kink. A lot of those are kind of skill-based, activity-based courses which we've talked in previous episodes, how important it is to build our erotic skills and confidence and the know-how of what to do with our bodies and our hands and our mouths to turn one another on, right? We've talked about erogenous zones and activating different zones of stimulation. But what's underneath all of that when it comes to how we feel about the sex we're having, how we experience the sex we're having is this internal landscape, our mind, our consciousness, our awareness that we bring to sex. 
And it's amazing to explore this arena and then notice how everything kind of cascades and changes around how we show up in our erotic self. And just to give a really quick background here, so mindfulness is, you know, an ancient tradition practiced in different ways in different indigenous traditions in different cultures. And mindfulness is really about paying attention moment to moment without judgment with no matter what is going on. So mindfulness then was popularized in the United States in the 70s and 80s as Buddhism was imported into the United States. Um, And John Kabat-Zinn, along with other white male medical professionals, then took these tools of mindfulness, meditation, these attitudes, and started operationalizing them, right? So like codifying them and then applying them to Western populations and studying their results. Therefore, getting that kind of golden sheen of medically verified, scientifically backed research about the potency and power and transformative results of these ancient traditions, right? So no one invented it. It doesn't belong to anyone. Um, But as mindfulness-based stress reduction then, right, so in Jaden Kabat-Zinn's lab, he started applying mindfulness to populations like cancer patients, chronic pain patients, uh, humans who the traditional Western medical system was leaving behind in their currently available technologies and treatments, and starting to sit down with groups of cancer survivors or amputees uh, or trauma survivors and practice the skills of mindfulness and notice what happens, right? And so mindfulness-based stress reduction then got taught and codified, and I intersected with it at Vassar College in 2002-2003, where as a senior, dealing with a lot of trauma that had surfaced in my own body, uh, with the kind of stress of being a senior and writing a thesis, ended up taking a MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction course, And it was a game changer for me. It was one of those kind of pivots in my life where I was welcomed into a different set of awarenesses. I was given a set of tools and practices. And it changed how I walked in the world and then prepared me, I think, for going to San Francisco and becoming an erotic masseuse and a sexological body worker and stepping into this work that brings us to pleasure mechanics. And so going to San Francisco and entering the erotic massage lineage, I think I had all of these tools of mindfulness with me from that year-long training, from um, the meditation I had started doing when I first started going to the Zen Buddhist monastery back in college. I had a few of these tools, and I think I brought that into all of my kink play, all of my erotic healing that I was doing through erotic massage. And these worlds intertwined so much, I didn't really see one from the other until my health crisis six years ago now, where I had a major health fallout, I almost died, and I kind of woke up from intensive care in massive amounts of pain, in a changed body, and the only tools I had to call upon in that moment of crisis was my mindfulness-based stress reduction. I kind of remembered, oh, they had taught me that in case of cancer, pain, uh, crisis, right? I was the young, healthy one in the room at the time, 
But I called upon that and it was a major set of tools that helped me get through those first crisis stage of um, being in a whole new body with a whole new set of sensations, a whole new set of emotions and feelings, and allowed me to navigate that with a little more grace and wisdom, I think. And so in resurfacing that, it then became obvious to me how much this infused all of our sex training, all of the, what we did at Pleasure Mechanics, all of the sex Charlotte and I were having. Like, As I practiced mindfulness in this pain context, I was like, oh, this is exactly how I approach kink and lovemaking. And I, in fact, started joking that I was doing BDSM with God as I played with this pain lightning through my body. Um, and so in that recovery period is when I hatched the course Mindful Sex, because I really wanted to document and invite others into practice with me around this set of skills that I have found to be so game changing in how I approach sex as a whole, in how I experience myself as an erotic being, in how I deal with sexual struggle, in judgment and shame, right? This set of tools is what guided me and what I draw upon most deeply. And so I wanted to offer this course to share it. Okay, so that was a very long story of how we got to offer our mindful sex course, which you can find at pleasuremechanics.com slash mindful. And please join us in exploring this. And if nothing else, stay tuned over the next few episodes as we're going to be discussing this and sharing some of the essential nuggets, starting right now with Beginner's Mind, and culminating at the end of the month with an interview with world-renowned somatic psychotherapist Dr. Holly Richmond, who uses a lot of mindful sex approaches in her work. And this is going to be an ongoing conversation. So join us, pleasuremechanics.com slash mindful. And now let's dive in to beginner's mind. What does this mean? And how do we get to be both erotically confident beings, as we were talking about just a few episodes ago, with a beginner's mind? Confident beginner's mind. Let's go. So as Chris said, beginner's mind is an approach, is an attitude that we can bring in all of life, but we are talking about in our erotic life right now. Chris named beautifully how it was so powerful during a time of extreme pain. So whatever's going on in your life, you can have that in the background as we have this conversation about erotic beginner's mind. I even want to call it beginner's erotic mind as a nod to the great Dr. Jack Moran and his book, The Erotic Mind. Because when we think about beginner's erotic mind, right, it's there's something more here than bringing beginner's mind to sex. And I just want to name so much of mindful sex. Yes, we're using the tools of mindfulness as we approach pleasure and erotic arousal and orgasm, right? But there's actually something else going on here, too. And when I realized this, that there's something different about focusing your attention, about meditating, about bringing these foundational attitudes to a charged realm, to when you are aroused and worked up and turned on. That is something altogether different than meditating when you're in a calm state and when you're trying to downregulate your system. This is a different arena. And so let's call this beginner's erotic mind. 
And beginner's mind is just one of the foundational attitudes we talk about in mindfulness. And I just want to name all of them as a group because John Kabat-Zinn and other mindfulness teachers reminds us these kind of work together, like a sailor kind of orients the ship to wind, right? We can't control life's events, but we can kind of orient our attitudes and our mind to how we are facing or working with, right? It's like, how do we work with the experience we are having in the flow of life? And so these are some of the attitudes we bring while practicing mindfulness, right? So non-judgment, and we're going to dive into that in a later episode, because just saying that, how do we bring non-judgment to sexuality? Right? Whew, huge. <laughs> patience, patience and non-striving. Trust, acceptance and letting go. Right. And beginner's mind. So non-judgment, patience, trust, non-striving, acceptance, letting go, beginner's mind. As I say all of that, it can evoke a certain feeling that's like, wow, this is so different than how we have been taught to approach sex. And that's where I kind of want to start. And Charlotte was really exploring this with me of like, beginner's mind as opposed to what? And why is it so hard to find specifically in sexuality? Because as I said in the confidence episode where we talked about before confidence comes comfort, right? And we need to get comfortable with something before we're confident or have mastery over it. Many of us could arrive at a woodworking workshop or a ski lesson or join a swim team. And even if we knew how to swim, we would approach that with a certain level of humility and beginner's mind, a curiosity and excitement. But when it comes to sex that feeling state can feel so vulnerable. Why? Because we have so many preconceived ideas. We have so many judgments. We have so many expectations. We have an idea of what success or failure looks like. We have fantasies about what it could look like and then disappointments when it doesn't look like that. Oof, felt that one. Right? We have so many ideas, <sighs> thoughts, feelings, emotions about sexuality that we bring in our body and our minds every time we approach another body every time we're solo this comes with us into our sexuality all the time and I want to name here that a lot of those preconceived notions a lot of those attitudes a lot of those expectations are not ours hard-earned from previous life experience rather they are external shoulds and scripts that are kind of put on us because we don't have safe arenas to explore sexuality. We don't have honest stories and media representations of sexuality and sexual expression, right? We have porn, which gives us one version of expectations and hopes and images of the shoulds. And we have romance culture that gives us another kind of toxic version of what is supposed to happen. And then we also have this mythology of chemistry of, oh, it just happens when the chemistry is right. It just happens. And it's fireworks and bunnies, right? Bunnies? <laughs> 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 right. But that something overtakes us and we should just know what to do. We should know what our partner likes. A lot of us still have that mythology of there's no learning curve when it comes to sex. And then when it comes to like expanding our sexual repertoire, like, how do we do that 
with beginner's mind without feeling the pressure to have mastery over something that's so new to us. So like give this is the moment where Charlotte's going to chime in and say, give ourselves some compassion here. (laughs) Do it, baby. We were joking recently that I feel like I say that in every episode because I feel like we can never do that enough in the realm of sexuality when we've had so many different ideas thrown at us, passed down at us all the time. So, and it's a mindful sex precept, baby. Yes. You just bring to it. (laughs) I am embodying this and practicing this all the time. We want to be able to feel more confident in sex, but then approach every encounter with curiosity, with wonder, with a sense of possibility. And that's so much of the beginner's mind attitude, right? So it's not saying being a fumbling novice. And in fact, that idea of a fumbling novice, I think comes from the anxiety we bring to being new at something. Mm. Instead of approaching being a beginner with like a relaxed eagerness, with an open mind, with a curiosity, excitement, seeing something as if for the first time. But with a relaxed attitude also, so you can pay attention and learn, Mm -hmm. right? And this is if we bring a sense of anxiety and nervousness, so much of that is when we're overstepping our skill set. And I'm thinking about an erotic encounter here where you're either in like vulnerable or new terrain, or you're with a new partner, or you're reconnecting with a partner after a dry spell, or your partner has asked you to try something new, right? Like anytime we're kind of out of a comfort zone, it can be so anxiety producing because we go into a fear state of like, what happens if I'm not good enough? I don't know what to do. And that anxiety state, that forward thinking, that dread prevents us from being present to what is possible in that moment. And so the real practice here, and again, when we talk about mindful sex, our pleasure practices, We use the word practice to remind us this is something we come back to over and over and are constantly exploring anew with beginner's mind, this sense of what happens if I approach this next possibility with a sense of curiosity, with a sense of openness, with the question, what if, what happens if, right? And that's a much different mental stance than a lot of us go into our sexual encounters with and so I just want to invite you into like what again the question of what would happen if we just slowly kind of shifted our attitude or how we approach and this can again this can start with masturbation it can start with how you get dressed in the morning it can start with a text you're writing like any expression of sexuality can be approached with a sense of open-eyed wonder and curiosity. I do want to paint the picture a little bit more about how we apply this, how we bring it, right? Because it's one thing to say, like, have beginner's mind and a sense of curiosity. And we remind you of that all the time here at Pleasure Mechanics. Actually, we're always talking about, you know, the spirit of curiosity and play. But how do we actually cultivate it? And what can it shift for us? So let's move through that after we take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, likeakitten.com. At likeakitten.com, you will find curated boxes of erotic toys, accessories, lubes, and oils, and potions, and more at a beautiful price shipped directly to your door in a gift-ready box. 
this spring. They are offering the spring box, which delighted us with such treasures as a rose glass dildo and beautiful nipple suction toys, which I am loving and using all over my neck and shoulders. We can use these toys creatively, again, when we approach each toy with a sense of wonder and beginner's mind. It says it's for nipples, but what happens if I put it on your neck? Mm. You'll find all of this and more at likeakitten.com slash pleasure, or go to likeakitten.com and use the code pleasure to save 15% and receive free shipping on your box of treasures. That's likeakitten.com. Use the code pleasure and you'll find all of our sponsor links and discounts ready for you at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. Hmm. So in the mindful sex course, we have guided meditations. We have interactive exercises. We have ways for you to explore your sexuality and sexual sensations and your internal erotic experience with fresh eyes. And that's actually one of the things I love about, you know, when I started going to sex workshops and learning sex, like approaching sex as a hobby, as something I was going to geek out on. Anytime you go to a workshop or tune into a podcast like this, I hope that there is an opportunity for you to kind of open up to something new and to be guided a little bit with beginner's mind. Because you don't have to know as a podcast listener, as a participant in one of our courses, you're there to learn. And that opportunity is really priceless in a realm where we don't have a lot of opportunities to learn. And I kind of mourn this and I I won't go off on my visions of, you know, community spaces of erotic education. But what would that look like to have more opportunities to show up as an erotic newbie and have that be totally okay? And when it comes down to it, we have to create that zone for ourselves and each other. So let's talk about how we can create opportunities to practice beginner's mind what can this look like and then what can it feel like Mm. one of the things i love so much about beginner's mind is it really is an attitude that we can layer on to any experience we're having so it's something we can bring to something like solo sex where we notice what our expectations are what we might have done in the past and we bring a question mark we bring an openness a curiosity to see what we could do instead what might we explore if there is an open field of possibility and that can sound a little bit intimidating because it's like well what do I focus on then like if we're both in beginner's mind and if I'm in beginner's mind with masturbation like Where do I start? And this isn't about being the fool or the novice. And I really want to emphasize that beginner's mind is an attitude that you can bring all of your skill sets, all of your confidence, all of who you are walks with you in the door with beginner's mind in your heart, you know, as an attitude. When we talk about attitudes, it's like attitude is a kind of a set of, um, internal adjustments and expectations and self-agreements almost like as I approach this I'm going to bring a certain attitude you know we all know like you can walk into a birthday party with different attitudes and it will change your outcome of that party and how people meet you and how you experience the cake 
Because right. it changes how you show up and the actions that you take and the thoughts that you have and the words that you say. And so when it comes to the erotic experience, you know, I just mentioned the nipple suction toys from likeakitten.com, our lovely sponsor. Thank you. But, you know, when we get those in the mail and when you get any sex toy, for example, it has kind of a suggested use. And we have preconceived notions of who and what a vibrator is for. And you have preconceived notions of who and what a blowjob is for, right? And what you're supposed to do with a penis, in what order. Like, we have so much of this. It's actually mind-boggling. And if we can even pretend to be new to this, if we can even pretend to have a wide-open sense of possibility and pick up a toy and say, like, what happens if I put it on my neck, on my earlobe? That's kind of playing with beginner's mind. It's like using that attitude and letting it drive an action that then expresses the attitude of curiosity, right? And so if you're bringing this to masturbation, I'm not saying like, don't do the things you know that you like. You can layer this, you can play with it, you can build arousal and then take a break and try something new, get in a different position, right? A lot of us have sex in a lot of different positions, but masturbate in one or two. What happens if you stand up while you wank? <laughs> and a little shift like this, what's so magical about this is when we shift our behaviors, our experience can really change. And then that expansive possibility opens up and we get into that zone of play where we're like, you know, free spirits on a playground instead of trying to enact a specific role and evaluate how we're doing in that performance. And that's the qualitative shift. And I think what's so powerful about beginner's mind. And so this really starts as an internal state. But now I really want to talk about how important it is to bring this to partnered play. Because oh, how easy it is to get into scripts and expectations. And what is possible when you meet your lover anew every time? What an exquisite invitation. Because, of course, we're always changing. We are literally always changing. And <laughs> Anatomical facts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so easy to forget that. And we live as if that is not the case. So how do we remember that we have this new opportunity to explore this human skin, to explore what pressure they like, to explore and see their genitals anew? And it's just like, what is real right now? I might know your body head to toe, but what is real for you right now? What are you feeling? What do you want to experience? What do we want to generate together? Like these questions are inherently sexy, erotic, creative questions that only come from this sense of expansive possibility. Whereas if you approach sex of like, oh, I know how we do this. And so many couples get into their own routines, like people figure out kind of what works for you. Yeah, it's totally human. But how can we then try something else? It's okay to have the things that you know work for you and that you really enjoy. We don't have to get rid of them. But can we play outside of that and explore in certain moments? And this is, again, both physical and emotional and energetic and intellectual, like to turn to your partner at the end of a long day and ask a question that starts a new conversation that evokes a story you've never heard before. How do we get curious about ourselves and the people we love over and over again? 
Like there's a spark of curiosity and you know, I'm seeing it in Charlotte's eyes right now. I see it in her all the time. She has this eagerness to find out kind of a desirousness and this is dopamine. I just want to name the kind of anatomical driver of this dopaminergic pleasures, <laughs> dopamine <laughs> pleasures are the pleasures of wanting of anticipation and part of the dopamine circuit is known pleasures. I know it's going to feel good if you lick my pussy. And so I want it. Part of the dopamine circuit, a whole distinct circuit is unknown pleasures. The what ifs the I want to find out that it doesn't exist yet. And that for me is the most creative erotic realm we have access to as humans. That's like, let me find out what happens if I smash these two things together that have never been smashed together before? What happens if I put my hand here like this and I touch you in a whole new way, right? That what if possibility um, is, a, it's kind of like the unknown and it's exciting and it's inherently vulnerable. And so I want to kind of end this episode with a reminder that in order for one lover to have beginner's mind safely, the relationship, the culture of the relationship has to support beginner's mind. It has to support discovery and curiosity. It has to support the question of what if the unknown, right? And you have to be okay with not knowing. And this is so hard in sex when we put so much pressure on ourselves to be experts, to be masters, to know. But to grow, you have to not know. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like a seed emerging into the sunlight. Unsure of its uh, yes. But again, that's going from the um, model of sex being a performance and a script-based thing to enact instead of a place of play and possibility and creativity. And this is a practice. This mm -hmm. is something that is vulnerable, but it is rich and mm -hmm. it is interesting. And we feel more alive because we are having to be so responsive to each moment because it is new or we are seeing it as new. Mm -hmm. And there's so much interest there. Well, novelty, right? Yeah. We always talk about novelty when it comes to sex. Being essential. And people say, like, wear different wigs, try different lingerie, have sex in different places, travel, right? And those are all, yes, ways to generate novelty. But the real novelty is in our own mindset, in our own attitudes that can find wonder in every moment. And, like, this moment this precise, exquisite moment will never happen again. And here we are in it. And if we can access that place of wonder during sex, during masturbation, during naked cuddle time, there is so much potent, erotic fuel and magic and wonder in that place of like this moment right here. Here we are. And like, what are we going to create and generate and feel and experience together? I know nothing sexier than that experience of just like awe, erotic awe. And we get there through beginner's mind. That is beautiful. And I want to invite us to explore the idea of being with our own bodies with this beginner's mind. So many of us have incredible stories and histories and preconceived ideas about our own bodies that we 
don't or aren't able to see our bodies anew and bring curiosity and compassion and kindness to our own relationship with our bodies. So what would it look like to explore and experiment with seeing our bodies anew? And our genitals, especially for many of us, is a space that we don't look at or we look at with a lot of judgment or preconceived ideas. What could it look like to really be with our bodies and genitals with some fresh eyes? I mean, if there's any part of the body that's going to evoke wonder, the genitals are wondrous. Mm. They're magical. Mm -hmm. They transform in front of your very eyes, you know? And yet, so many of us, even the idea of looking at our own genitals in a mirror or even, you know, just kind of bending over as much as we can and like looking at our own body, experiencing our own body, feeling our own body with beginner's mind, with this sense of, I wonder what would happen if, you know, and we invited you into this in like the perineum episode of like, what happens if you explore this part of your body you have left untouched? But then also like, what are our bodies for? Uh, what kind of sex acts are available to us? Um, a lot of us have a lot of preconceived notions and limiting ideas about what our sexualities can encompass. And so in coming episodes and down the road, we're going to try to unpack some of that together. Like, how do we get free of our own limiting ideas? So we don't say this lightly. It's a, this is a practice and ongoing exploration and we do it together. Mm -hmm. And this is why we love the online courses and being in community with you all around the world, because we get to hear and learn together about what is possible and what happens when we bring these attitudes to how we engage erotically with ourselves, with each other and the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is a practice and we will go out of it and we will come back to it, but we have so much agency and choice around choosing to enter back into that state again and again, knowing that we will slip and slide out of it. Um, well, and that's distractions. And, you know, we've talked about distractions. There's going to be links in the show notes. We've done a lot of mindful sex episodes because this is something we've been teaching for a lot of years. We have 800 plus amazing students in our mindful sex course who have been sharing their experience with us. And so you will find links in the show notes page. Um, but what you're talking about there, what pulls us out of these attitudes, out of this experience of awe and wonder mm -hmm. that we all have access to mm -hmm. is distractions, which is why in the course we spend a lot of time and have interactive tools and worksheets to pull apart what are your erotic distractions? What pulls you away from this? So again, mindful sex is a practice. It's a set of practices and attitudes and it's been life changing for me, something I really am passionate about sharing with you all. And we invite you in pleasuremechanics.com slash mindful for mindful sex may discounted enrollment. So again, check the show notes for more conversations, pleasuremechanics.com slash mindful to start practicing with us. And we will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>